0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Strange Cast, Player One, Better World's Life is Strange podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Adnan.
1: My co host Adam is here. Adam, are you here? I'm here. I didn't tell Adnan this off camera, but I sliced my finger open this week and it really hurts. Oh, well, I almost, <laughs> called, my, almost called myself Adam when I introduced that then. I was like, I had to, <laughs> pause.
0: Yeah, I had to pause for a second. I was like, oh. I was like I should, I wait a That's second. A bit too much of a mix up. Uh, but oh, yes, uh, that sounds horrible. Awful as well to your finger.
1: Yeah, the worst part was it wasn't at my job. It was my own home. Oh, dear. Oh, dear! So just as dumb, very stupid, but it's healing now. So we're good. (laughs) We're healing.
0: Yes, that's a good part of the message. We'll start with we're healing. Um, I know, as always, before we start as well, um, I do ask if you can possibly please to subscribe, drop a like, turn notifications and comment as well and share with your friends. Helps keep us with our content. Especially with Strange, uh, especially with Play One vs World hitting a thousand subscribers plus, mm. um, and fifty percent plus of the traffic comes from outside sources. So if you do regularly come here, do consider dropping a subscribe. It helps us build our following. Uh, and Strangecast is available on all podcast services. So it's available on Apple Podcasts, it's available on Spotify with the video version, um, and all other podcast services. So you can check that out. Um, Adam, by the way, as well before. Um, before we came on this episode, I actually decided to look on Spotify because we use Anchor mm-hmm. for people for context to distribute yes. the podcast, and Anchor is powered by Spotify, and Spotify gives us analysis of like the podcast and how it runs. Um, we have 105 followers; so it's gone up since I think we last spoke, which is uh, four. Yeah, it's about four plus since then. And what I found really interesting was, obviously, mm. with um, Anchor we have about three thousand plus plays across all podcast episodes, and that's from every source. But with like the Spotify analytics, um, our audience from Spotify fifty um, percent plus is non-binary. Oh, which is wow! Which which was which was when I saw that I was like, that is crazy for a start because non-binary for us was about ten percent I think when we mm. just signed up to Anchor. Yeah, and, uh, especially specifically through Spotify, it was like less than ten percent. I think we had we had like less than ten percent, and they went up to about seventeen percent. Mm. And then when I checked just before he came on, and this counts just purely for all the Spotify clicks that we have through there, fifty percent plus is non-binary people who listen to our podcast. And I was like, mm. that is just wow. It was like, I, I was, I was, it was one of those stats that just blew my mind. Which uh, I was like, you know, I'm glad that people do listen to it. You know, however you however you identify yourself. Um, and I'm glad that you actually stick around for our podcast.
1: Yeah, um, and welcome. Well, We love you and uh, hope you're living your best truth. That's uh, that's the
0: best way of it. Um, I could not describe it any better. So yeah, uh,
1: but yeah, I just want to share that
0: as well. Just uh, really, really cool s- statistics to see. Um, so before we start as well, yes. um, Life After Strange is out with uh, Trey Hutch.
1: And it was uh, a banger. Was... You need, hey, wa- you, watch her. Watch her on YouTube. You need to watch it now do it wait is my slice finger nope you can't really see the slice so you're good <laughs> um yeah go watch it silly goose but yeah that's just my message yeah okay okay <laughs> that's a... <laughs> uh yeah so
0: i i would i was gonna that out as well because obviously this podcast service is available on um on, on podcast services mm-hmm. podcast service. This podcast is available on all podcast services um, But obviously Life After Strange isn't It's a, a YouTube exclusive So mm-hmm. if you do listen to through On podcast services you can come to our YouTube channel you'll see that there So mm-hmm. we have uh, Trey Hutch who played true um, North from Life After Strange Before a Storm Really cool interview
1: uh, First one of 2023 hopefully we can get some more Done this year it's been a long it process a, It was a really good interview I was going to tell you that oh. like yeah, no, I, I thought it was, you got some really good, honest answers out of Trey. It was probably my favorite one since you interviewed the voice actress behind uh, Karen. Um, I'm trying Jolene. To yeah, probably one of the so, most interesting so, since Jolene.
0: So, right, okay, let me just acknowledge, you haven't found... Any other in episode? No, they were all interesting. From episode two to episode 3.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I was like, it was a really good one. Like, I thought you got some really good, honest answers out of Trey. They were all very interesting. Like every Life Life After Strange is good. Uh, one because my theme music is behind it, and two, um, <laughs> of course, I think I think you you get some good honest answers. But this one, you know, he talked about how he wanted uh he, he wanted his character have a different. Uh, attitude, a different ending. Uh, you got to, you got to hear some honest feedback of like, man, I really wish my character, even like how he performed, like he wish, like, I don't want to give it too, too much away, but like he, he had some complaints of how he performed. Um, I thought it was a really good, honest, um, interview. And I think it was, um, it's well worth, um, anybody who's a fan of this podcast, uh, someone to watch it, you know? So I thought it was really well said.
0: No, thank you. i uh, glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting like each each interview is always quite interesting. in Life after Strange, like it's it's mm. what's always, what always really blew my mind, especially with this year, is when I scrolled through and like looked at all the interviews. Obviously, like as I said, I never thought that thirty actors would ever turn up from this series on this channel to like do the interviews. It's just like, it seemed like almost an impossible task. Um, and then kind of like just seeing all the people I've spoken to, like it's, it's 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 different. Obviously, with each person you talk to, and it's like you get different kind of like how much they talk about themselves what mm-hmm. they want to talk about and it's like as you see like the the the, the tones are different with people and how they feel and it's and, and it's each to their own for each person as well mainly um and then like some of the episodes as well like you know when you like really like the deep ones with like some of the people that you spoke about like, like jolene that's like one of the more popular uh life of a strange episodes but then some of my other favorite mm-hmm. ones i've done as well like they don't have anywhere near as much views and it's like damn, no, no. like and I, and I like, really enjoy like talking to some of those people. Like, and then some of them have like blown experts. I think like I think the top three off the top of my head, I think it's Hannah, obviously the first episode that of we course, ever did. Of course,
1: yeah. Um, then it, I think it's. I was gonna say it's Kylie's, but I, I going to say Kylie. Is. I really liked her interview. It was it, uh, that but, was a great one. But I don't think it's actually Kylie's second most popular now. Hmm. It
0: might still be. I think it, I think it is. I think it's still the second most popular after Hannah one, and then it's the Gabriella Hirsch one which is like okay that makes sense too. Oh, well yeah. that's surprising because I thought it would do well but I didn't think it would do as as strongly as it has like it's in the it's in the same bracket yeah. as those ones in terms of like the views it's got like it's got thousands and thousands of views um speaking of which let's actually just quickly pull in that because I'll
1: pull it up here yeah uh, just an uh, interesting seems fact because like I said um that. I loved your interviews with Anastasia I loved the interviews of course Stace. with Erica Moore Oh, Stace. Yeah, like like all of them were great, but I think Trey brought a different kind of energy into the interview that not a lot of other guests gave you. Um, yeah, it's not to say anyone was worse. I just thought it was really interesting to listen to. Yeah, it
0: it, it was it was uh, really interesting. As I said, like some of those, like you know, Stace is great. I love Erica Mori. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all thinking, but yeah. In fact, actually, the Gabriella Hirsch interview is more popular than the Kylie Brown interview. Really, which... interesting. Does blow up like, so the, the, the five, um, no, five, the six most popular interviews in, uh, life after strange today, the Hannah Tau one is number one with 19,000 views, which is mind boggling. Um, the Gabriella Hirsch interview is second with 8.6 K, mm. uh, Kylie Brown is after that with 7.6 K. Mm. Then it's the Gonzalo Martin one, which is 4 K. Then it's the nice. Nick Schreiner one, which is 2.8 K. Mm. And then it's the Dayan Horton one, which is two point three k.
1: I miss Dayan. Just... I I I had her twice I like on. Diane. Yeah, I miss talking to her. I need to. I need to contact her back. But... Yeah,
0: I need to get back on here as well easily. Yeah, definitely. It's it's, it's one of those. But yeah, just looking at some of the episodes, it is, it is as you said, like quite interesting. Like Erica Morris, one point four k. Um, the Katie Bent one, which one is the first one's One point six, and the one after it is. 455 it's like varying like with each one but it's like some of these like, i love some of these interviews like my joe Ackman one that i've been in there so cool nick apostolidis is really good as well um the amador one which is less than a thousand like i'm like damn like these some of these are really good but you know as i said this is not me like saying oh i wish i had more ch- channel views i just find it interesting how like what's popular what isn't popular um, yeah or like how 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 many views it's got obviously it depends on how long it's been out and stuff but sure crazy crazy nonetheless um, but yeah, as I said, that's kind of just start things off, which, which is that Life After Strange is back. And it's with mm-hmm. Trey Hutch. Um, so do check that out. It's on YouTube. And I yeah. uh, hope you enjoy that. So with this episode, we've kind of changed things up because <laughs> we had a long talk before this call anyway. Yeah. And me and Adam have decided to change the format up a little bit where there's like one main topic. And then also we got one news topic and one Adam's impressions on on Steph's story, which uh, Mm -hmm. I'll come on to why I haven't listened to it myself yet. It's pending, but um, I thought we'd just kick off with the news first. Um, And then also the main topic we'll talk about in general stuff as well. Um, But we'll kick off with news first. Mm. So not to bore you, I always try not to do this. This is kind of like a business review from Nod. We kind of like got a little bit of detail. And I'm not going to go into the the stocks and the, the finances and stuff because it's going to bore the hell out of you. But there's kind of like certain conversations to be had with. What this is your British
1: say. coming out.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is something that I saw with Donut here, which is kind of like, which will give you an idea of what's been happening. Because obviously, as we said, the studio's not had a major release since Twin Mirror, which was mm. 2020? 2020.
1: Uh, Twin Mirror, yes, was 2020, yes.
0: 2020, late 2020. So it was like that. I think the last it was like June we-
1: 2020, yes. Was it not after? Tell me why. Uh, now I don't know. Now I don't know. I honestly feel it up. was like November 2020. Yeah, you're probably white. Uh, right. Because. Tell me why it came out in August, if I remember correctly, on the Xbox. Um, on the Xbox. Your... Yeah, let me just check real quick. I just replayed that game, and I, I still think it's a, it's a decent game to replay uh released a 2020 great thanks google um (laughs) twin mirror wikipedia released on december 1st 2020 was it really that late really
0: okay yeah interesting yeah
1: very interesting with
0: this new story i wanted to read out one section which was the section which donut has released in its review which is it says it says bold 2023 2025 release cycle so yes. I'll just read out what it says here, which is after two consecutive years focusing on capital expenditure, international rollout, and the implementation of its integrated developer-publisher model, Don't Know begins 2023 with two new games scheduled for release during its fi- during the financial year. Harmony, The Fall of Riviera, a self-published game, and uh, Banishes goes to New Eden in partnership with Focus Entertainment. Mm. Meanwhile, dono is continuing to develop upcoming projects in its rich 2023-2025 pipeline, comprising of six intellectual properties, with four developed in-house and two externally, Studio Telema and Tinyball Studios. As it has, uh, dono confirms its 2025 post-development. Uh, Sorry, it's post twenty twenty five development strategy focusing on ramping up production capacity in action RPG, a proven segment with strong sales potentials, was a successful asset already in its uh, po- uh, portfolio, i.e., Vampire, mm. and a new intellectual property title, Banishes. Donut is developing a new in-game, uh, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, a new game in-house project twelve, as we spoke about. I believe that was last episode. Last episode, yeah, last episode.
1: yes, no. And last episode or the episode before that, what was the, the episode. most too recent. Yes. Maybe the one before did. it, I think. I yeah. think before. Yeah. Uh,
0: which will boost value creation, accelerating high, le- um, uh, sorry, which will boost, um, value creation and then also accelerating high level talent recruitment to expand internal expertise in the marketing and publishing mm-hmm. departments while pursuing distribution partnership and safeguard revenues so that was just kind of like the main focus i wanted to take apart from it there was one more interesting part which i'll bring up here which was controlled ramp up of um development it's a bit of financial from don't know but it says here as well revenues from Gerda, a flaming um a flamin winter and back catalog sales totaling 0.9 million euros um in 2022 including a challenging base effect between 2021 and 2022 uh and brackets twin mirror guaranteed minimum amounts Um, revenues from development operations up 28.3% driven by the ramp up of Banishes, Ghost New Eden in partnership with Focus Entertainment scheduled for release of 2023 A 42% increasing uh, increased capitalized production to 23 million euros reflecting the rich 2022-2025 lineup comprising of eight, uh, eight games under development. So there's like a lot of, as I said, like a lot of jargon in terms of like to the normal kind of person but I kind of wanted to bring that up with Adam because like it kind of gives you a Again, we have a more of a clear line because it's been very quiet for Not since the Twin Mirror release. We know that they've been developing um, games in-house. They've been publishing from smaller studios. They've mm-hmm. been externally recruiting for, obviously, the Montreal Studios, a big one example. They've been externally, um, heavily recruited for that. And okay, on top that, of that they've not recruited the, me
1: yet, unfortunately. Not
0: yet. That will come in, in, <laughs> come in due course. But they're, yes. um, you know, they they're basically doing a lot of things and banishes has seems to have like a, a lot of significance, which in the same way as Vampyr vampire did in terms of sales, I imagine they're putting a strong focus on, but also kind of like gives you an idea that beyond 2025, again, this project 12 mm-hmm. has popped up saying that the studio's pipeline is big in terms of what they're trying to do. And there's a kind mm-hmm. of big focus on like, as it says here, safeguard revenues, pursuing distribution partnerships, or maybe even more collaborations potentially, um, uh, expand internal expertise in the marketing and publishing departments we spoke about that during the oscar gilbert interview i said that the studio really needs to kind of have a really big marketing team to sell these games to um big outlets because it's just going to be a don't nod game it's not going to be you know square enix is dealing with the pr or the marketing it's not going to have big kind of like um publishers kind of like pushing out games except for the focus one so it's like a lot of effort that's going to be have put on don't nods at place to kind of be um to kind of like drill home a lot of this. Mm. So I kind of wanted to bring that up because it's like, as I said, it, it kind of gives you a, a clear idea of where node goes from here. And I think like we just haven't seen much since then because they've been heavily developing, but this is a really big period for them, this, these three years from now up to about 2026 when we see hopefully Project 12 as well. Like mm. there's a lot of... Uh, it will, it will it will tell you where don't know goes from here for three years like we we spoke about it when um we did the shares thing and I said to, when we talked about it being undervalued it's like can it potentially be the next big publisher? can it be mm. and like these three years might even help define that that might kind of be the setting stone of what where don't know goes.
1: Yes, I think that uh, there's a lot of promise and I think there's a lot of growth there's a lot of um business in these words that are business and good. <laughs> I was following what you were saying, but it's just like, um, I was like, yes, it's happy, percentage, it? um, growth, the <laughs> euros, all good. Peanut butter. Wait, was peanut butter part of this? Peanut butter was not part of it. There's no peanut butter in stocks. Well, that's no, a, no. This is some bullshit. um, no, I just think that like again we're starting to see it and like you're you're starting to see the growth with Donut and the promise and uh you're starting to see that the stock is starting to like gain value. And this is what we've been saying since like day 1 when we talked about how Donut is going to be a publisher. It's a slow growth, but they're here for the long run. And we were talking about this uh before we started recording that if you want to be a creative It's a tough Hill. It's a tough battle. It's a, it's a giant mountain. You have to climb slowly and surely. And sometimes it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time, but guess what you put in the time, put in the effort. We're starting to see the growth Um, as long as they don't get too cocky (laughs) um, and everything starts to crumble. But it starts to sound like that. Like, yeah, they're starting to plant their foot in this industry and they're going to become the new EA in 10 years time, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's a big ask of like where the studio goes from here. Cause it's like, cause have yeah. like you seen it with with other, de- other developers doing it? Like Quantic Dream has like, kind of like got a bit of a head start on them for this. But mm-hmm. there's big ambitions like Quantic Dream and I'm using them as example, cause it's also a French developer. It's yes. kind of like been venturing into, different areas it's starting to be a bigger one like you know like some studios are fortunate to be in a really great position like you know you look at the stuff like Rockstars, for example like they don't need to put a gt out every year it's like there's no need for it now because they make so much money like they're very comfortable as a studio and it's like they're one example compared to like the other ones that fall apart the Mm -hmm. ones that kind of struggle and it's like we we, we're talking about a company we don't know for example that a better part of like 10 years ago when remember me was there they almost were on the brink of financial collapse because of how badly that title did for them in terms of commercial success um and was such a big risk for them the fact that they kind of like pulled themselves back out from don't order you can see you see why they have been careful like as you said like they're not going to be. Yeah. when you said like you know unless they do something stupid they're just not going to do it because like they're not going to do because they're being smart about everything yeah yeah that's why they're taking it that's why they took Porta play on and they're taking tiny bull and stuff like they're not going to go out there and be like I don't know, like, let's say, like, they're not going to go to, like, a a third-party developer and be like, oh, like, a, you know, a third-party developer and be like, oh, let's, let's fund their game. And then, you know, tomorrow it financially collapses, like, you know, struggles and stuff. Because, like, that's why they can take the hit on Twin Mirror. Like, Twin Mirror wasn't a commercial success by their, by their stretch, by their definition as well. And it's like, for them, it's not that necessarily the bad issue because, like, they still have royalties coming from, like, Vampire, from, I assume, from Life is Strange, (laughs) um, and then also other games that they're making as well, that can make up for the footfall and like where money has been lost. So as I said, like, even with some of the games as well, like with the ones that they're publishing from this pipeline of games, like Harmony as well, like Harmony like a really hard pitch for a lot of developers. Like, yes. is anyone really going to take a hit pitch on it? But, you know, saying Forspoken got a $100 million budget, I think like anything can get budgeted yeah. at this point. But <laughs> like Harmony Harmony is trap this game where it's like a lot of developers are going to take the risk on it. And even with like obviously we have, we have this podcast we have like a lot of things thankful for life is strange but life is strange was a hard pitch mm-hmm. you know not many people are going to be willing to put their neck out on it and square enix did decide to do what other publishers had turned down from with don't and they took on the project so it's like yeah it's, it's um, an ambitious studio so it's like it's kind of like interesting just to see how this kind of like folds out in the business review because we'll see we'll keep mm-hmm. talking about this in the future i don't really want to boy on the financial side because like if you're not interested in not business. interested but you well yeah like if you if you're not interested in like the business side then that's fine but it's like the fiscal reports that each company puts out especially with like um don't know because it's an ipo like you know it's, it's listed on on its stocks because you can buy stocks but in its, yeah. in its financial reviews it'll tell you what's going to happen with the company it's going to tell you what the pipeline is and stuff are like what what they're working on where the cash flow is um and you see like obviously you see places like tencent and, whoever else are buying big stakes in dotnod but you know it could pay off if Don't know turns out to be the next big publisher you mm. know like you've you just hit a big you know big tenfold like and i say yeah. that in the sense that you know people people looked at ea 10 years ago and like was it i think like when i was reading articles like ea was trading at 19 in the stock market and it's mm. currently last as of friday when i checked it was trading at 119 dollars mm. So if you bought it 10 years ago and you held it for 19, dollars at X amount of stock, you made a lot of money. Yeah. And not to mention on top of the dividends they pay, but like, you know, you're making money on it. And don't know it's currently, it was like 8 euros, 9 euros or something. Imagine if that goes to 80 euros and 90 euros in the next couple of like years. Yes. By the way, do not go buy it because I said that. Do your own research. (laughs) This is not financial advice. Just extra stress that. but um,
1: Especially don't get business advice from me. I, I, I will buy anything that you put in front of me. I'm actually about to buy some new shoes, and I don't need new shoes, but I'm buying new shoes. I'm we'll not good business. I'm going to. It's a good sale. It's a good sale. I'm just saying. I'm
0: just. I got saying. some new shoes today. I got some very oh, yeah? nice running shoes today. Yeah, my brother bought nice. them for me. It's my. It's my birthday, um, on the 9th of April. For anyone wondering, um, and I had a surprise party thrown to me today, and my brother bought me some really expensive running shoes, which has, oh. I said to him, I, I sent him like a really cheap end of night shoes. I was like, just buy me these. I'm happy with these, but he bought me some really expensive running shoes, um, which I'm nice. very happy for. Um,
1: nice. But yes. I know. I know who you feel about shoes. Um, oh yeah. No, they're, they're going to be the fourth skate shoe that are going to be in it. And it hasn't even stopped snowing here. I can't even go skate. And it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just piling on shoes while I, the snow keeps piling on over here in North Dakota, what? but yeah, we're supposed to get 18 inches of snow this week, oh, so that's Jesus nice. Christ, yeah, fucking hate it. I mean, a freaking hate it. <laughs> I'm so tired of snow. Before we move on to the the next topic, anyway, like one
0: of the things I saw wild was on the TikTok. I can't remember where she was. This woman, she basically take like she took a bowl of like water, like hot water, yes, went outside, opened the door, and then chucked it, and it turned Became into ice. like. Yeah. And it was like, it was so crazy. I was like, what? I was like, how cold is it when you're living? He's like, do you live in an <laughs>
1: like negative 45 <laughs> degrees Celsius or negative 45 degree Fahrenheit wind chills, dude? It's oh, it's insane God. out here, but like it's starting to warm up, but we're going to get some more snow. So that's 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 great for people who like to be. It's outside. crazy. Yeah. So, do you know, um, have you have you ever seen a Tesla car? Have I seen a Tesla car out here? Yeah. No. <laughs> I would I so, would actually judge them.
0: I know. Well, I know they're yeah. really popular and and uh, obviously Cali, but like I saw someone yeah. like, when it got really cold and stuff like cuz Tesla cars like when you open the door handle you have to like push it in and then it opens yeah. up. So it's like yes. not just a normal kind of like door handle. Um and there's a video on t- TikTok where someone's like done that and it's like frozen over the car. So oh. basically you couldn't open the car up until oh. it defrosted.
1: Yeah. There's um, sometimes I can't open my mailbox cuz it's so cold. Like It froze, yeah. Like, I can't and open it. So, basically, it.
0: What, what happened with it as well was that that test, um, the Tesla team had to like update as well. So, basically, through the app, you could open the car because otherwise, oh. you'd be stuck with the car, it'd be frozen so you couldn't open the door God. handle. I was like, uh, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a flawed uh design there, but you know, as I said, but as as oh. as we will will uh move on from this because we were uh, let up, you we know, we've gone down a different road, um, yeah, so. This is going to be our last topic before the main, t- main topic slash, you know, whatever we do. So, um, it's not nearly a new topic we have, well, new sort of, basically Steph's story is out. The Rosie for Life is Strange prose novel about Steph Gingrich is out. And also the audio book is out as well, featuring none other than Katie Benz, the Life is Strange, mm-hmm. True Colors. And before some actor reprising her role for the audio book. Mm-hmm. So for... Discretionary reasons, I have not <laughs> bought this yet. Um, I've just been busy, as you'll find out in a little bit. Been very busy mm-hmm. with things and I just haven't been able to pick it up. I probably won't pick up the prose novel yet. I'll probably pick up mm-hmm. the audiobook first, which is my main priority, but yes. I haven't. But because I have Adam here, which is the main thing, Adam has done his due diligence and he has listened to the audiobook. Um eight yes. hours of Katie Bent's goodness.
1: Um so Adam, first things
0: first what's that sorry Eight and a half,
1: and a half hours damn yes. eight eight hours and 36 minutes well oh, yeah eight hours yeah eight hours and 36 and, minutes of Katie events you know the first thing i'm going to say though is that like sometimes when i do listen to an audiobook sometimes i will speed up like if it's at, like a one time i'll put it at, like 1.25 times speed just so, like Get some information, but i 'm on the go. I want to finish the book but katie Benson's delivery the way she like emphasizes things, the way she uh flows in her acting no, I turn it down to one like one time speed because i I wanted to hear those those fluctuations in her voice. I wanted to hear how she pauses and how she um, how she derives a character from the written word of Rosie Thor. I th- this one time where I will put an audiobook at the right speed because I want to hear Katie Bence's uh, acting skills and there was very a good amount of acting in this book because it is Katie Bence it is Katie Bence playing Steph in this in this role uh, and I and I thought Katie you did fantastic I've listened to a good amount of audiobooks in my time there are some stinkers out there. There are some serious stinkers in terms of audio readers. Katie Benz is not a stinker. Katie Benz is a star in audiobook reading, and I hope she does more skills than that. Like I hope she. I uh, I hope this leads to more audiobook reading because she's great at it. She's actually fantastic at reading audiobooks. Um, couple bad things before I go into uh what this is. By bad, I mean like hey. Set your expectations where this is, okay? First and foremost, this is around teenagers. Like, this is the central marketplace is teenagers, okay? This is not for 32-year-olds. The, the prime demographic is teenagers. With that being said, uh, in a lot of teen novels, they like to use the same word over and over. And Rosie Thor definitely loves the word falter she loves the word falter it is falter is in this book many many of times but as an artist myself there are some things that i go to that i'm sure you say like oh that's an adam Evolve thing like oh he loves uh enlightenment on fl studio yeah i do i keep going back to it sue me same thing with rosie you know if she wants to keep using the word falter Who cares? It doesn't matter because the rest of the book is so amazing, but that's, that's one thing that there's a lot of falter in this. Okay. The other thing is that we're centered around teenagers. There's a lot of messaging about seeking help in this book. A lot of messaging in terms of like, um, they, they go over a, um, an an organization that protects trans community that is homeless because of their parents there's a lot of messaging behind that. Um, there's a lot of um uh seasonal depression where you can seek help. There's a lot of like you need to seek a therapist because you're feeling this way. There there's a lot of like, hey man, there's options out there. And as as someone in their thirties, I'm like, Yeah, I know. But it's not for me. It's for the the thirteen year olds, the fourteen year olds, the fifteen year olds that are going like through this this experience of being trans. Uh, coming out through the parents um, not feeling normal this book is for them to send a message like hey this is a good story but hey also like this is me rosie thor talking to you you can seek help you know so, so see in now yeah
0: sorry apologies so basically are you like saying that it's when, when she's saying about um the organizations that kind of like to help trans people is it specifically like actual organizations that exist in real life or is it like Alluding to the fact that if you are trans, there are organizations that can help you in just like saying that, kind of sending a message saying you can get help if you need it.
1: Yes, uh, I don't right. think it's a real organization. It might be. I didn't do my research on the organization that they they put out. Um, I can't even remember from the top of my head what it was, but at least there's options. Like, oh man, like I didn't think about that, you know, <laughs> or even like um, how Izzy came out to her parents, you know. Um, There's even a line in there that Izzy says, what kind of lesbian are you to Katie Benz or Katie Benz? Goodness, Steph Gingrich. (laughs) I can't can't differentiate the two. Um, But like, you know, what kind of lesbian are you? And Steph is just like the one that likes girls, you know, like because even in Steph's mind, it's just a normal lesbian. But Izzy Mm. is a much more complex lesbian. Um, So there's that. The third and final thing I'm going to say in terms of set your expectations, if you haven't read this yet, uh, because it's for teens, because it's romance, it doesn't go too sultry. There are some parts where it's a little bit on the horny side. A little bit. just a little bit. There's a little bit of like, like, like that little tease of like, we touch lips at the right time and as she caressed my skin and I felt her touch I was like okay okay I know Rosie <laughs> what she's doing is like you're you're writing to teens that are just like insane on the hormone genera- genera- demographic like insane on it and now you're going after like like teenagers who are going through like the LGBT, uh community while also being horny you know it's like I get what Rosie's doing here like she's really going after her demographic, but, um, you know, just that's the third and final thing I'll give in terms of like, say your expectations here She uses a lot of falter, which is fine. I'm just letting you know, it's fine. Just letting you know, there is a lot of like, Hey, seek yourself help. But that's because it's for teenagers, you know, teenagers who don't know, and that's a great message, but just so you know third and final thing, it's a little bit on the horny side. I I went a bunker on the head with a baseball bat, like, hey, stop. (laughs) But (laughs) I was like, okay. Um, No, it was a great story. Um, So good things. Great things about this book. Loved it. Loved the story. I thought, here's what I love about authors. They can just put down ink on a paper and we just see an entire world. And Rosie Thor, the way she explores Steph's and Izzy's story, the complications behind that, the gaslighting, the the toxicity, but the still the love together—it's so magically put together in terms of just words on a paper that I was—I'm very impressed with how Rosie Thor um, dealt with such a complex issue, a complex relationship within this boundary, right? Of life is strange uh it felt a lot of um of Rachel and Amber that type that type of toxicity where they're they're horrible for each other but great for each other at the same time and um i'm not going to say what the ending is for this book because i want you to read it but there there is like a lot of times where you just like you don't know who you're rooting for you don't know because it's just such a weird dynamic and it's just so well put uh the other great thing I, I think about this book is that um, I, I think it flows really well. I think all, the entire ending, everything kind of ties itself together. There's no questions needed. I think where we got to the story, I think it was necessary. Everything that we explored in terms of like how we got to Haven Springs tied everything together really nicely. Um, and, 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 and. Max and Chloe are mentioned just mentioned yeah. they're they're in there they're in there Max and Chloe are mentioned they are very much in the story uh, they're important um, also certain decisions were made in um, Life is Strange 1 where the, the real canon started to come out which is another thing I want to say about this book um, you will read this story you will read the story and the more you think about it, the fact that Steph is in Haven Springs means that the, the bay had to be sacrificed. Mm-hmm. And I won't say why, I want you to read it, but like you're reading it and you want, and I kind not help but think, I'm like, wait. So because Steph is in Haven Springs, the canonical ending for Life is Strange 1 is that the bay is sacrificed like like you'll have to read it and just find out like why but like how she ended up in Haven Springs I'm like so the bay was sacrificed you know also um in in that story uh, like yes uh Max and Chloe are girlfriend and girlfriend so uh, they are in a relationship so um that's all nice i'm going to spoil it i don't care they they are in a relationship it's well, nice. it's sweet yeah because like well
0: because they do that with the vicelli series essentially because they do they they do yes, ship yes. max and chloe it, together and it but that
1: that in that actually seems to be there's actually another Vichelli um Easter egg in this book. Oh really? Oh, that's nice. There is. She here's the um. I, I'll let you finish, but I will say this about Rosie Thor. You can tell she went through all the sources. She she played yeah. Life is Strange. You can tell she read Vichelli's comics. You can tell that she's a fan of Life is Strange. Like this isn't like um. I've read a lot of novelization of like Halo and Gears of War. Um. Where it's just like, I don't know if you know the lore, who knows, blah, blah, blah. Rosie Thor is a fan. I can say that. Like there is different Easter eggs hidden around the book that I'm like, oh, she knows this series. But yes, there is a Vichelli Easter egg in here.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember yeah. Vichelli was the same as well because she was very much a big fan of Life Strange as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and of having had a history of uh, drawing as well, like she she came from the same roots. Um, and it's, it's interesting, like, obviously, that like, they've they've shipped Max and Chloe together because they did that with the comic series, and they've yes. done this with the, the book, as you said, and that seems to be more of a Square Enix decision, if anything, because as donald so. has never specifically done that in the first Life is Strange, and we know where the kind of, like, developers really ended that story and weren't really, you know, necessarily kind of wanted to go back and go beyond mm-hmm. that as well. Um, it seems to be like a Square Enix thing of having carried on this, uh, way of thinking, um... Well no, it's interesting you give me those insights because I, I, I'm I'm hoping that well I'm trying to pick myself up, but like you know next week I will try and mm-hmm. pick it up and then I'll mail the audiobook and then obviously I need to slide into Katie Benz's DMs and ask her to come back on the <laughs> on the channel to kind of talk to me about yes. doing this as well because obviously it's, it's interesting because like she's not necessarily acting like a voice actor she's obviously doing um you know channeling her inner David Attenborough at this point and becoming a narrator yes. it's like it's two different Kind of feel you know, you have the voice of Steph, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a great um, yeah. uh, audio
1: operators. But this was also a lob up for uh, Katie Benz because the whole story is Steph's per, uh, perception, right, of things. So I thought, like, yeah. while she's reading, yeah, she is narrating some things, but she's narrating through the thoughts of of Steph, you know. So I don't know. I really like this book. I gave it a five stars on Audible. And I meant that I didn't just give a five stars in terms of like, oh, you know, just to help the, I mean it, I think it was five stars. Like I really do in terms of like who this book is made for. Mm -hmm. It's not made for me and you, let's just put it that way. It's not made for me and you, but in terms of like where this demographic is for this book, yeah, five stars straight up. And I mean that from, from the bottom of my heart It's a five star for me personally
0: yeah it's it's it, as i said like that's the thing why i haven't picked up yet because i know that staff story isn't necessarily made for someone like me it's a young adult novel i kind of like looked up Ro- rosie ford's history anyway um but mm-hmm. before kind of like when, when we when we found out that she was uh writing the book and it's like with, with rosie ford kind of like talking about the trans stuff like i i just i will never experience that and it's like well, yes. I, I know what trans people go through like you, you know it's almost like 98% of the world is, like, against you, like, you know, and um, I've always had this kind of thing with, like, you know, how how trans people are kind of, like, stemmed into cultural conversations at the minute in terms of mm-hmm. news and stuff. They're very much, like, picked on by large proportions of people and they make up less than 1% of the population. It's like 0.1%, 0.01% or something. Or even, like, mm-hmm. 1%. They make up less than 1% of the population. It's like, you know, they, they can't even, like, go to certain places in the world because they, they're vilified and hated so much. But it's like, kind of like have this kind of story with what Rosie Ford's doing. And then kind of like, as you said, with the organizations giving mm-hmm. kind of like avenues of places where people can kind of, uh, you know, get help where, where and when they need it or if they need it? Um, it's kind of like really helpful for that. And obviously, you know, I probably will, uh, as you said, probably touch on the horny side of things because it's a young prose novel, but, um, I, I, I like I said, I, there's my some planet...
1: descriptions of like skin touching. I was like,
0: stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
1: yeah it was fun though it was it was a good it was a good read though like it was a good yeah listen. It was...
0: like my my plan is to hopefully pick it up this month and then we'll try and do a full review on it because that's why i kind of wanted to uh do as a topic at some point but um i wanted to kind of have you do your early impressions here mm-hmm. um so but i will pick oh i up will and... say uh,
1: like one last thing about like i yeah. i say horny but there is no if you're worried about like oh is there going to be like like weird like love scenes that should be where there's no love scenes in in terms of that i want to just like put it out there like no like rosie thor didn't like put it out there you're not going to feel weird for listening to it it's just more of like teenage dating makeouts you know kind of thing like we've all been there you know so there's no weird love scene they're gonna be uncomfortable with it's just more of like okay (laughs) okay because like my wife watches shows like outlander gray's anatomy and um Uh, other, I can't remember the other one where I'm just like, okay, it's very, those types of shows, I'm like, okay, here we go again. I I just, like, walk in on her watching, like, oh, watching porn again, are we? (laughs) It's not porn, it's Grey's Anatomy. I'm like, okay, that's how you label it. Um, But yeah, Yeah, no, there's no...
0: It does, like, it does kind of, like, cross that fine line, doesn't it, with, like, because I... My, my I don't shave her, her in a way.
1: I'm just like, oh, porn are we seeing?
0: <laughs> my thing <my> with <favorite laughs> Grey's Anatomy is like, I, I know that they kind of like spoofed on it in South Park before. And I, I know of the concept, but it's like, um, I remember watching it very briefly because uh, Camilla Luddington was in it. And she was uh, Lara Croft in the in the rebooted Tomb oh, Raider yes. series.
1: I forgot about that. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And I remember like just watching one clip of it and it like became really almost I don't know why it was it like she just became really steamy and started making love with this person. I was like, hang on. I was like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> whoa, it, it goes like, from zero 100.
1: to a hundred real quick. But yeah. that's the uh, that's oh, one thing. Like, if 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 you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the audiobook, I'm like, am I gonna feel weird? I'm like, no, there's no there's no like weird stuff. There's no like the weird love scene where you're gonna be like, oh my god, they're really going out of this. Like, no, it's just like they made out. Or like um, Izzy will touch like uh, steph's arm and she'll be like i love the way she caresses my skin i'm like stop <laughs> I'm like um it's very much like teenage love kind of thing you know yeah see it's interesting you say that because like
0: for me to ask like, if i asked katie that like, she wouldn't find it weird narrating it because like i remember saying when we when we talked about the the kiss scene in true colors and i was like, like you know when erica Mor- you and you erica mori were really close and it's like you know, and did you feel like kind of like you know the, the kind of the professional atmosphere of the set and Deatonine etc., like how they kind of set things up? You, you'd you been fine, and then she's like, "Yeah, but, you know, we did kiss." I was like, "Hang on, yeah." I was like, "Wait, what?" I remember that. I was and, like, "Yeah, we just kissed. It was no big deal." And, and, I, and I was like, "And I was like, oh, because I, I know that when they did um cause I think it's because mm-hmm. of the facial capture that they had to do. That's why they did it. Because like when they did Life is Strange One with Gabriella and Serena, they didn't kiss. They would just moved close, mm-hmm. and then they, didn't, yes. they just, they, you know, then they." did the computer animation but that wasn't facial capture that was just mocap that they did but obviously this was full body performance capture so i imagine when they made them kiss it was like so they could get everything as perfect as it was um mm-hmm. but it was like it was a surprise to me when, when she said it to me because i was like oh i was like I, didn't, I, I i completely thought it wasn't even gonna be a thing mm-hmm. but like for her to narrate it, she probably was just like you know as it is but oh yeah. like obviously for us me and you it's like we're we're reading it's the kind of thing where it's like we're not the the target audience of it so for us it's a bit like
1: you know you're like oh okay exactly i'm just Um, like okay but no i i thought i thought it was really wet well put i thought the the story was fantastic and i thought it hit the demographic in just the right ways um i i thought it was a great story i thought i think it's a great pickup to read even if you're just if you're just a life is strange fan i think you're going to find an evidence that rosie thor is very much a life is strange fan um i highly recommend this book if you haven't already uh listen to the audio if if you want to go on you know with with katie's performance and also give it a rating and review if you haven't already because you know it does help the audible out- algorithm so you know i would say do that too
0: absolutely as i said we'll we'll come back to this audio book slash book later this month i will pick it up because i want to listen to it and then we'll do a full review because that's why i very much like let you just do it early impressions but i imagine there'll be a lot to be said um and i will probably pick up the audio book first then i'll pick up the book afterwards to read but we'll do a review uh later this month hopefully fingers crossed all things all things said um but anyway we'll move on from that and we'll move into our main topic um a little bit late on this but i've I've noticed it on on the don't know twitter page so i kind of want to talk about it Uh, they tweeted on the 24th of march which was um today we celebrate the 8th anniversary of episode two of life is strange from the junkyard to the dormitory rooftop this episode is one hell of a ride right Mm. question mark so the kind of episode is this part of the main topic we'll just be talking about episode two from life is strange one it's not episode two rules unfortunately the greatest episode of all time (laughs) but we're going to episode two life is strange one um and I believe in the in the the previous episode, we did allude to the fact that in the scrapped episode that we had, um, Adam and I had very interesting feelings on episode two rules. Which after when I read all the yes. tweet comments, <laughs> they were all positive and stuff. I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, Me and Adam, yeah. are definitely in the uh, in the minority here. Um, <laughs> but generally speaking, let's talk about episode two rules, Adam.
1: Episode or two episode two, rules. Rules. Out, episode out,
0: two. Of um, out of time, out of time. Episode two out of time. I've yes. I forgot about rules. And anyway, <sighs> uh, episode two out of time we can talk about. Do you want to start?
1: Yeah, I um, I thought this was, I, I wanted to say a bump in a exactly.
0: his <laughs> true feelings.
1: <laughs> I think that it all, like, came down to one of the greatest endings we've ever gotten from a video game. Like, I thought the ending mm-hmm. was fantastic. However, everything leading up to it was just kind of like, Okay, here we go. And we kind of have to do this episode narratively to, like, build context, to build uh, attention, to build character relationships. This, This is a building block sort of narrative right here because, you know, we get to know Max's powers. We have to go into the jukebox thing and find out where the cockroach landed and it's like, okay, we got to do this whole spiel. And then we have to go to the junkyard. And then we have to find the stupid bottles. And I'm like, okay. And then we have to go down the train tracks and have a little talk. Well, oh, no, Chloe's stuck. Oh, you got to go get Chloe unstuck before she gets smushed. Okay. And it's just like, oh, and then uh, Chloe has a gun. And we have to find out about Frank. And it's like, okay,
0: I get it. I get it.
1: I get it. Character development. I understand. But, man, I'm i am I'm not a fan of the entire episode. I am forgiving of it because it is narratively necessary for this episode to exist. However, <laughs> it's just like there's a lot of, like, um, there's a lot of filler in this one. But it leads up to a good ending, great ending, if I may add, fantastic ending. But, man, there's a lot of filler to this one. <laughs> I love yeah. that as a narrative, though.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting episode in all, all things considering. Like, this is one of the episodes I didn't get to review. And just thinking about episode two out of time, it's like... As you said, it's like... Because the first episode really picks... like You have to think about it in the first episode. We don't really get huge context, character building between Max and Chloe. like Because obviously yes. when they meet, it's like we just get reunited with them. It's like they have their own history. But it's like now we need to kind of Layer that relationship in this episode two. So it's like episode two is like a little bit of a after having a like a really kind of like big fast steam burner into you know in terms of like a consistent episode, with episode one, you kind of have to like shift back into gear two and like go yes. a little bit slower and start moving forward. Cause like as uh, you know, there's a like a big emphasis on Kate Marsh's story and kind of like it's just it kind of like leads you to kind of like little red herrings about Nathan about victoria about the vortex club it's got its own powerful meanings in terms of the themes that it's covering but the central part of the relationship of that entire episode is max and chloe like and you spend a lot of time with them because as you said we have this newfound mm-hmm. power then we're talking to chloe about it you trying to convince chloe like you actually have it which you, you can use it you kind of have like early signs of like messing with time and what it's going to have repercussion wise um and then on top of that you have like you know as you said you get to the junkyard which is like you know we find those bottles um a bit more easy yes. in the remaster collection but you know like you know uh, we start to find those yeah. bottles um i think it's got one of the most iconic scenes by far which is obviously the trip um the um, the train tracks yes. walking down that that's like it is i think it's i think it's very fondly memorable for that for that one scene alone as well because it's a really iconic scene that they they filmed for it oh yeah of course um but I mean, like, the main thing is is character building this. It's, like, it's character building, character building. Max and Chloe, Max and Chloe, you have to, like, really reiterate that point. And I mean, that, because it, it does that, it can kind of make it feel a little bit slower now. And especially in hindsight, if you go back to it, it's for me, it's not the strongest episode out of, the fir- out of those five episodes you play in the first Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it just hasn't necessarily, for me personally, aged as well as the other ones. Um, sure. And then, obviously, the the, the finale is, is fantastic. And it was, like, truly one of the great endings for the series uh ending episode moments for the series i just love the fact that they took your powers away and the re- and like when when you were gonna get on that rooftop and you realize the stuff with kate's history like oh man i should have paid attention to that, or i should have read something i should have like really tried doing a lot of it yeah um but it, it was it was interesting because as he said like we take a character like kate and it's like she in most games she would have been like a throwaway character in terms of like they would just had as a side character but they actually made her a a um a central part of the of the of that episode and it kind of reminds me mm-hmm. a little bit later on when we get to life is strange soon you have uh jacob becoming a big character in episode four like you never would have expected that when you saw jacob in episode three you'd be like oh yeah cassidy might have taken a bit more penny might have taken a bit more but they took jacob mm-hmm. instead and they're were like we're going to make this character a bit more bigger in the fourth episode in terms yes. of like, another story um and I did that with Kate Marsh. If you looked at all the all the characters in episode one yes. of Life is Strange 1, you probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have assumed that Kate was going to be the one that's going to uh, massively like take a big role in, in like another episode, but she does. Um, and obviously, we, we love Day. We miss Day. We mm-hmm. uh, yes. want Day back on here at some point, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, it, it, in itself, it's a very interesting episode, nonetheless. Um, I don't think it's aged as well as the other ones, but still a very good
1: episode. Oh yeah, no. I I think it's. I agree with that last thing you just said. Like it hasn't aged as well, but it's still Life is Strange one. I still think it's it still belongs in Life is Strange one. It's definitely not, not forgettable, but I think it just it just hasn't aged as well. Is all. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting. It's I, I just I don't know
0: because like, when I saw all those replies, I was like, okay, I was like, I have a very different opinion on yeah. this compared to. <laughs> Compared to everyone else, and when when, when we and you were talking about, it, like, yeah, we're like, rules, uh, you know, rules. I keep saying rules. When we kept, yeah, out of time, it's like, it's like I was like, ooh, I was like, we were both like, mm-hmm. yeah, we kind of agree with each other at like this. I was like, oh, feel like I'm the minority here. But generally speaking, it, it was an enjoyable episode. It just felt like you had to, as I said, you had to shift down a gear because the first first episode was like, oh, this is great. And it's like, we're momentum. But it's like, uh, we need to kind of slow down the pace here a little bit because we need to kind of give you a context here. About and we need to build for the next couple of episodes in terms of building the Max and Chloe relationship, feeding you a little bit about um, uh, Kate Marsh, and obviously that was a big moment for K- uh, Day, and it also led to Kate mm-hmm. coming back in later episodes um, for fans who really enjoy that character. But it, it was generally an a interesting episode now, and especially eight years on, kind of, like, reflecting back on it, I still feel, like, kind of, like, you know torn on, on my complete feelings of it it's got like it's got the most one of the most powerful mental health messages if anything like for yes. any episode of the series like that the fact that there's that you know that, like that shot of like Max talking to uh, Kate on the roof and like she's just standing there on the balcony it's like it's like damn like you know you think about how important mental health is it's like that mm-hmm. was the episode for them
1: yes I I I highly agree it was um it was more the ending of where it all led up to and especially in the diner where you had to like choose to take a call from Kate or not, and if you didn't take that call, you know you're on that roof, and then Kate puts that in your face, like when I needed you the most, you didn't answer the phone, and it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, man, like how many times in our lives have we not taken a phone call where we really should have, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, it, that that was like a, it was really um as I said, it was a very clever episode in terms of the way that they set up the Kate story. Like, when you go into a room, you can basically spend a bit of time, like, acknowledging who she is and kind of, like, learning things. Or, for example, if you leave and then you get to the rooftop and you have all those choices, it's kind of on you because it shows that you weren't interested in the character. You weren't interested in her and you mm-hmm. weren't interested in helping her. Um, it's like, it's, it's it's the it's the one episode where Illusion of Choice doesn't feel like it's, it exists because if you you F up at that point, she yes. jumps off the rooftop and it's like, you know that's kind of like those moments where it's like it's a really eye opener. it's like oh sh- you know shit. Yes. it's like i actually i was at fault here for this like i should have really taken that attention and as you said when you pick up that call it's like and it's the way it's, it's done cleverly it's like when um like you know kate's calling and then chloe kind of interferes a little bit and she's like I'm actually like, you know what, you, you you know, you don't have to like pick up the call. It's like, you know, you spend your time with me, mm-hmm. inside, blah blah. blah. It's kind of like putting you in two positions. That it's like you should really take this call, and it's like just kind of see what's happening with Kate because you just bumped into her at school. She's mm-hmm. obviously not in a good place. You kind yeah. of need to help help her and show support. But in itself, it was just very well written. It was very well written. It was very well art- articulated. That part has really aged well for it. Um, and, and generally speaking, like in terms of the overarching episode of, of the story, it kind of it feeds into it a little bit. It doesn't feed mm. into it massively. Like each episode feeds into it massively in terms of progressing the main story along. Like with the Rachel Amber disappearance and feeding this kind of thing. This one kind of just like trickles little thoughts in your head about Nathan as more of a red herring and also mm. potentially Victoria. But I think like I wasn't kind of like duped at that point with the red herring of like Nathan. I was like, it's you know it's kind of like entrenching on me a little bit here, but. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, it was it was a, a. Looking back, I I really enjoyed parts of it. I I just feel like it was you know it's a bit of a, bit of a slow burner, <laughs> yes. um, and it's like it's not my favorite episode by far in any stretch of Imagination in the first, um, Life is Strange, but it's it's it you know I wouldn't never say it's like it's a one out of five or anything. Like that. It's like it's still a very good episode. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, as I said, like it was day's day's moment that it was really her episode if yes. anything. And yeah. she really, really, uh, she sold killed it. it. On... Yeah, she did. Maybe she I really shouldn't
1: say really killed well. it. Uh, that poor choice of words. Um, yeah, that's she... very poor choice of words. Yeah, she nailed it. She yeah. nailed it. Yes.
0: Yes. You might say nailed it in the coffin there. But we'll, well, we'll allow oh, you. For... Oh, God. <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, we'll allow nailed at this point. Uh, yes. Where you keep digging yourself a hole here. Um, no.
1: I, I am no a white man in, in America. We just keep digging ourselves in holes and, don't dig ourselves out. We just dig it deeper <laughs> That's that's true. Um,
0: yeah. But oh no, yeah, it, it it was it was Day's episode. This is the kind of like, these these are the episodes that really um, make careers, don't they? the like, same with like when you mm-hmm. look at this one and then compared to like stuff in the storm, those moments might not have ever happened if it had not been the voice actor who's like really doing the performances. Um, and in and in another lifetime, this could have like been even bigger for Day in terms of like if. if Kate had gone back into another game or something like that. Mm. There was like there was like a lot of limit, like there's limitless opportunities here for her. But like you know, it, it proved it proved really important for her, and it's still very important for her as well. But you know, top marks for her on that episode. And I think like in itself, um, having spoken today, having spoken to H- Hannah, I think it was um, this episode was not necessarily just as important for the fans; it's also important for the voice actors, mm. like they've yes. openly spoken about their own mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I think like this episode really like resonated with them, so I think like the toll it took on them to kind of do this as well i imagine it's like you know I couldn't have imagined for them to kind of like talk about it like i was I was kind of like i was I was really openly surprised by the when we when we talked about that episode it was me specifically with uh Hannah and specifically with like day as well like you you kind of I was like, oh, it's like this this really hits yeah. home more than than you'd expected it to be it's like you know, everyone says, like, you know, it's like, oh, it's okay to talk, or, you know, it's okay not to be okay, and et cetera, and all those kind of, like, sure. those key buzzwords that people throw on social media, but it's like, when when you've, like, probably experienced yourself or you've been through, like, kind of, like, similar experiences, then you're kind of, like, you know, living those moments. I think, like, that amplifies, um, that amplifies performances even more. Like, I, I remember with, because uh, we were talking about earlier as well, the Amador interview that I did for Life After Strange, uh Amador mm-hmm. was, um, uh, Esteban in Life is Strange 2. Mm. He was telling me that here um, when he was recording the lines for um uh Esteban he was he was gonna become a dad, you know? Mm. His son was born. Like he he was he was pretty much gonna be, become a dad and it's like he's now playing this guy who's been slain and then his two young kids are kind of like on the run. And he's kinda like, you know, doing this and he's like, he's like you know, I, I was choking up doing some of these lines. There was it was just it felt so surreal having my own little son now. And it's like, then this has happened and I'm playing this character. And it's like, you know, and you're like, oh, you know, that's kind of like, those are the moments that really make the performances stand out. And like, that's why yeah. Hannah's character as Max is just, is just seminal, the same of day and stuff because they've they've lived these experiences. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, yeah, it was it was really great. episode it's kind of look back on episode two. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought, as I said, I think it's just a, in hindsight, it's,
1: yeah, because you've well, seen what could.
0: happens. Yeah, like because well, you because you've seen what happens. It's like it's, it's a little bit like a slow builder then, because it's like more more at that point you kind of like in in subsequent playthroughs and like replay throughs you kind of like spending it just learning more about Max and Chloe, if anything, and enjoying that part of the relationship because you know what to do with the what's going to happen with the uh, the Kate storyline. Mm. Um, but generally speaking, like it was a very good episode. For, episode for like a second episode whilst filler, whilst kind of like, you know, substantially like character Mm. development driven, still very enjoyable um, nonetheless. And obviously sets up to a a great third episode, very great third episode. Um, Mm. But yeah, I I, I felt it myself. I felt like we we were talking about our podcast. We weren't even sure if we're gonna record this episode because like, Mm. uh, me and Adam were talking for a long time. I came on very, very annoyed on this call and like a lot of other kind of like personal experiences on an awful march. Uh, mm. as people who probably follow this channel for a better part of however long you have uh, we went on hiatus last year at this point for two months because my dad died in March and like literally that was like you know that was just a mind blowing that was like it was so weird I remember it as well that it happened like last year like we had recorded an episode of Hannah Tell this was one where we are on Zencaston you fell out the call after like 5-10 minutes yes. so it was like it was just basically me and I edited the entire episode on the Friday, um, like two days after we recorded. And then the Saturday, my dad, dad, well, the Saturday, my dad had his cardiac arrest. And then he didn't pass away the Friday after. But it's like literally that one moment changed everything. Like the podcast stopped. We stopped episodes. And it's like, you know, and it's, and it's weird as well. Like, you know, I've openly spoken about my mental health and stuff. Like that. I've been a therapist for a long period of time. And I said to her like last month, it's like, uh, this last month doesn't exist for me, March. It just doesn't exist. And I'm surprised I even got like a life after Strange out in it. I'm surprised I got even half the Strange Cast episodes out of it. Because like to get that level of motivation, it was like it just didn't seem to exist at me. Like it doesn't mm. exist. Like, it's so weird for me to say it. it's like March does not exist as a, a a month in the calendar year for me now. And I don't know how long that's gonna be felt for me, but it's gonna be a long time for me to even think that. Um But like yeah, when 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 I'm talking about episode two it feels quite um, fitting that it's in that month now, in terms of like it, it's its own themes and then like my own kind of like loss as well. Um, but yeah, it does it does do numbers on you, man. It really does. Like it's really difficult yeah. sometimes. Um, I was just saying to Adam, like you know, it's just difficult. Like when we when you put as much time as you do with this channel and stuff like art, and, and the numbers don't massively come back, then it kind of does make you feel a disheartened. Obviously, you do it as a fun kind of hobby, passion, project, etc. You have to do that because you, no one's ever going to have millions of subscribers, but it's like, you kind of yeah. a bit like, you know, you're bit like, oh, you know, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? And we've had other people say that we should talk about other things as well. And I've been trying to plan projects to do in between. It's just finding time as I turn 30 very soon. Heaven yes. forbid. Oh, dear. God. Um, no. <laughs>
1: um, yes.
0: No, but it's, as I said, like, it's, it's, a, it's a very, this was one of the more poignant episodes, uh, especially for theme-wise. I think, like, the other one that really compares to it is, um, the beginning of episode four, where you do the the Chloe Price decision where it's like you know do you do you turn off the machine, do you keep her on you know the euthanasia kind of um theme like that's the other one that really hits home with like this, but this was the one that was like, oh damn, like you know, um and yeah,
1: yeah, no, uh, like like you said like i uh, it's just um these kind of episodes really hit hard, and that's why you know I love life is strange it's because it's not afraid to speak on mental health. It's not afraid to speak on the weaker sides of or at least what American society sees as the weaker sides of humanity uh being struggling to tell somebody you're not okay. Um you know, going into that episode too like like not taking that phone call in the diner. There's there's a lot of times where I'm just like you know, uh there's a lot of times where I will take that phone call Like from a certain person, I'm like, I have to, not even out of pity, but it's been many times in my life where I wanted to make a phone call to a friend and I just didn't want to bother them. You know, I didn't want them to think that like, oh, well, you know, like if I call them, oh, what if I get them on the wrong time? Um, This was when I was really young, you know, and I didn't know that like people were there for me or people are, are still there for me. Um, But I always take that call whenever I can, you know. But, uh, and I tell people all the time, like, hey, um, if I don't answer the call, it's either I'm at work and, like, I didn't feel my phone in my pocket or I'm sleeping. You know, that's the only times I'm not going to pick up a phone because, like, it's either I didn't know that you were calling or that I'm asleep, you know. Uh, and I try to stay true to that, to that promise. But, you know, there's so many times where a lot of times people are are out there and they need somebody to talk to. I need people to talk to. And um, it's just, it's good to know that like someone's out there for you, you know?
0: Yeah, it, it really is. Like the thing with the phone thing is that it's so true. Because like one thing that really annoys me is like, I probably wouldn't own a phone if I if I had the chance. I probably never own a phone. Oh, yeah. Because I, I don't like the social media stuff and everything else. But I do own one. And it's like when someone rings me, I pick up. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest pet peeves I have is when I ring someone and they don't pick up. Yes. I usually know that the phone is within, within radius of something and they just pick, don't pick it up. It's like most, the current generation of people and, and even like the, the generations before, their eyes are glued to phones. It's like mm. the fact that the the main purpose of the telephone, which was the original incarnation, even the 80s one, if you've seen it and stuff, it was to pick up and receive calls. Mm. And most people don't even use it for that. and It infuriates me so much because it's like there's always someone else that, that will need, you never know what like as I said as I said, like, you know, last month was really difficult for me. And like my my dad's death was like a, a period of ten days plus that I went through hell mm-hmm. in every way every sense of the word. And um I don't really know you to who tweet about stuff like this, but I did say, like, you know, on his funeral day, the one year anniversary, I said to him, it was like it just felt so surreal seeing it. And I said I just put like a tweet underneath where I said, like, it's like, you know, I would give everything in the world for a thirty minute mm-hmm. conversation with my dad. Like I would give everything in the world because I can't remember the last conversation i had with him because the unexpected circumstance of him passing the way that the way that he did mm-hmm. i was like i would give anything for the opportunity to talk to him again and it's like that's what infuriates me with people it's like you know if someone picks rings it's like pick up that you'd never know what happened next and you'll live with like so much regret if you don't have it and it's like i think by like so much and i think about it even with like when i saw that that the the statistics at the beginning that thing where i tell you about spotify with like the people who are non-binary it's like i don't i try and stay as much as humanly possible away from like cultural conversations now i stay away from like people who like have a vendetta against you know anyone who's trans or whatever else. Cause I, mm-hmm. I don't care i don't care. i don't care about why you don't let these people it's like these people want to live in peace it's like are they bothering you yeah. no it's like let them live their life the way that they want it's like why are you hounding them for who they are it's like it's like with um people saying like with, um you know, oh, the celebrities come out and they've come out as gay and stuff like that. It's like, why is it a big deal? Well, yeah. seeing as like most of the world accepts people who are just normal as heterosexual, whatever, like with relationships, imagine telling someone that you're gay and it's like, and just seeing their reaction. People have been like disowned by people. Yeah. People have like been, had to like flee from their parents who've like tried to kill them and stuff. It's like, it's not as simple as just, oh, why have they come out? And it's like, oh, we expect that. It's kind of like, it's a big deal for a lot of people, you know? It's Mm life-changing and it's like that's why it's like so important for these kind of things like i you know it's who
1: they are it's it's like you can't control your skin tone adnan and um i have jewish blood in me and there's a lot of times where i share they're like yeah i am you know partly jewish and there's so many people that will say it's like oh you know that the the..." and they'll say some weird stuff about the jews i won't even say on here but just like and same thing with trans people it's like they don't they didn't choose this. They're, that's just who they are um, in the same way of race. It's just like, it's don't choose who you are, you know? It's yeah. Like, just live your peace. Go play Xbox. Leave them alone. Or PlayStation. know, yeah, Either one. That one you choose. That one I will uh, judge you over. I will go on console wars every day of the week. But... <laughs> yeah, console
0: um, cons- wars still seems like such a trivial conversation compared to what yeah. other people do with artists. It's and But and that's, that's just, more... Uh, that's just with humanity,
1: they just want to divide for some reason, and just, like, with console wars, with culture wars, race wars, uh, sexuality wars, like, why What? Why are we wasting all this energy on, you know, dividing people, when we can all just be spending this energy on Life is Strange? Why not? Exactly. You know? um, yeah. No, well, it's just... It's... Yeah, you were saying?
0: No, no, it's just it's just weird, it's just weird, like, in, in hindsight, the way people are. It's like, even, like, the people who like, you know, go after trans people and stuff, it's like, they've probably never met a trans person. No. And it's like, that's even, like, more, like, it reflective of it. It's like, they, they, like, put all these labels on it and stuff like that. But it's like, as I said, like, my own experience in terms of, like, the way that I've had to live my life and you know, it feels like that, It's like, you know, it's just difficult with, like, in terms of the conversation. This is why, like, this episode opens up so much Um, kind of points context with episode two uh, of Life is Strange. One, it's kind of puts in context because it opens up conversations about those kind of, like, personal experiences that people have had. Like, you know, and and it's like it's it's there's such a stigma around it of like especially with like you know men as well like having that kind of thing of like oh you don't cry in front of someone and oh you have to kind of have this kind of like upbeat yes. shoulder and this this macho masculinity about you because that's what society has driven us it's not told us about men being you know i i've seen some daft takes this is what like i like <laughs> when I, but the internet really drives me crazy it's, i've seen with women it's like oh yeah you know i can't see a man cry in front of me it's like why not yeah. you human it's yeah. like and and to prove this as well, I remember seeing this one about this woman on TikTok where she's like, you know, um, you know, um, as a lady, like, she's like, as a woman, she's like, as a man, would you prefer a woman coming approaching you and talking to you and asking you out or anything like that? And all I could think of was like, is, like, and I'll say this to anyone who's listening, if you're a woman, the next man you see or anything else or any person you see, compliment them. Mm. You, will rel- you will live rent free in that man's head for the next <laughs> 10 years because all he'll fit because how many compliments have you had off a woman? just out of
1: context every day
0: (laughs) your wife doesn't count
1: oh besides my wife yeah you know i don't think they really compliment me because like i pride myself on being married so i guess like women don't really want to be and that's the thing like a compliment doesn't have to be sexual advances it just has to be i'm
0: just saying my compliment
1: yeah nothing because i think there's the stigma of those like if you compliment somebody there has to be a catch, there has to be a yeah. string and just like and it can be just like a friendly conversation, you know, like um, yeah. in the same way, like I can compliment a woman, I can compliment a man, I can compliment a non-binary person. And it's just like, hey, man, I just hope you're doing all right. Like, that's it. It's like, um, but, it, you know, now, it, now a lot of men of white men don't really take that initiative in this country. Uh, There is uh, 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 a certain epidemic of people in this country that just take it way too far, and I and I hate those people, and I will always drive them down. Not hate, I shouldn't say that, but it's like it's the whole point of this conversation. We don't hate people, but it's just kind of like, man, just 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 be married and be happy. Goodness gracious, but I don't know. I'm just different, I guess
0: yeah yeah you are built differently and just to prove a point as well my last part of the conversation you will love rent free in that person's head for 10 years because 10 years ago a girl once complimented me whilst i was standing in the queue at a university shop saying that i had a really nice Mm t-shirt and all the things you can remember i remember that and it's like the most trivial thing ever but that's an example of it where you know it proves that where there's a huge kind of like divide of like the way that we see well from men to women to non-binary people, the way that people compliment people, the, the labels in society are thrown about. It's pretty hard. But I think we can wrap up here in terms of mm. the episode. Uh, thing. I hope you enjoyed the main topic. Uh, we'll do spread the arts here. Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, go first. Uh, you 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 get it, King.
0: <laughs> so I will recommend now, having played it for like pretty much a long period of the weekend and oh. week and everything else, that, which is a Resident Evil 4 remake. Yeah. Um very much recommend it. Uh it's a you know, I know some people are hugely blown away from it. It's got like loads of tens and stuff like that, and it's mad reviews it's got. Um it's a good interpretation of a remake for me, especially from like Capcom. It's uh, you know, Nick Apostolidis does a is a wonderful, wonderful performer. As Leon obviously we talk about Nick as well. Nick plays Frank in The Fourth Storm, he plays mm-hmm. Charles in Life is Strange 2 and Captain Spirit. Um great act data is Leon in RE2 remake. Fantastic. fully deserved mm. performance. There's so some really great performances, some interesting per- perceptions of the, uh interesting takes, sorry, on e- certain characters. They've changed a couple of things. It's obviously a remake. Um Ada Wong is a very interesting performance. Really? Um, I think you'll find it. Yeah, I think you'll find a lot of people are very much divided on this one. Mm. Um, out of all the performances, um, The Merchant. And Ada has very
1: much divided people. Oh, I um, haven't I haven't looked at anything on this game because I'm waiting for it to drop on price a little bit. But I'm not looking at it because I want to go in fresh with like a yeah. like a fresh take. So it's good to know, actually, <laughs> like going yeah. into it.
0: Yeah, d- d- definitely. Like, I want you to play it for yourself. Cause I feel like you need to play oh, yeah. it through and then um, enjoy like a lot of what you see. Cause I think if you play the first RE4, like, I obviously I, I, I spent so much time on it when I was like, last, last, um, towards the end of March, just playing this game. And like, it really took my mind off a lot of things, but it was like, it was really enjoyable, but like the, the merchant interpretation, I think a lot of people aren't, keen on the Mm. the Ada one is like a very, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna trash in the actor. I'd have no interest in doing that. I just don't think that the, the decision was right for what they did. Um, because like purely for the fact that when we had Jolene do Ada in RE2 remake, she was wonderful. She Mm. was really wonderful. And the mm. tone that they're set with this actor in RE4 remake, who I believe, I believe she's the, the voice of Ada in the live action or oh. she's in she's Ada in one of the other interpretations of um Resident Evil in the Resident Evil series. I can't remember off the top of my head, she's does something else in it. But I just don't think it fits well in terms of mm. the way that the, the game flows. Her voice acting just doesn't hit the same level as like Nick's or uh, Ashley's or any um you know any of the other people who are representative of each character i just don't think it hits the same level because i my mind at that point is like if you're bringing nick apostolidis back as leon it just makes absolute sense to bring joe lean back as um Ado because it just makes ab- that just seems like a ha- winning combo because it worked really well in re2 um and i don't know why they didn't do it either i think that i think there was like i've seen rumors and things floating around where it's like it, it was down to the fact that um you know, I think like Capcom didn't contact Jolene and it's like, mm. oh, like Jolene joined a union and Capcom doesn't like working in a union. There's all kinds of like rooms and stuff, which I need to kind of like dig into a bit more and find out actually what where it, where this kind of mm. goes. But I, I, I just think it was a big miss. Like Jolene is a wonderful act. Like, you know, we've already spoken about like Karen, like she got a BAFTA nomination just based on that, that one character alone. That That's like a mind blowing kind of like, um role to just win off that but then on top of that she was a great aider as well so um non- nonetheless I, as i said a very interesting game and uh if you're an re4 fan i'm a huge re4 fan mm. um it's, that's shinji mikami's masterpiece that game like it's a it's a 10 out of 10 for me the first re4 like it was such a divided entry for like divisive entry sorry for people but it was like for me a, a true masterpiece mm. in the in the horror genre and the horror action genre however you want to define it um <laughs> This is an interesting interpretation because uh, yes. this is this follows what they've been doing. Re two remake, if anything, like and they've truly really tried to do that. And Re three remake was a a bit flat for me. It wasn't as yes, uh, it, it, I it agree. was a, it, it was a little bit of a disappointment. That I, I don't know where where things could have like gone as as badly wrong as it did um, there. But Re four remake kind of like put mm. it back in that same bracket as where Re two remake was, um, if not better. But uh, as I said, recommend nice. it if you are looking for something
1: to play. Hell yeah! Uh, I'm going to go from something to play to something to listen to, and it's not music. Um, my my uh, spread the arts is I I will always say my top three in that top three podcasts I listen to is the Nintendo podcast. Um, I really like it a lot because it's with uh, two content creators I really like. Uh, that being Wood from Beat 'em Ups and Bob Wolf from Wolf Den. Um, and they made a podcast together called the Nintendo Podcasts, where they just talk video games, Nintendo stuff. But their most recent episode they had on uh was they they were at PAX East and they were there with um Gerard from the Completionists, but also in the G4 debacle. And it's a 2 hour episode of how this sweet sweet man Gerard from the completionist. One, Gerard made this great video about trying to get all the eShop games on Nintendo and that video is great as well. Like fantastic. And so talk about how Nintendo is very anti-capitalist and they will just try to put Roblox in, try to get their games it's just insane and how game preservation needs to be a thing. But the whole episode, it's two hours long of just Gerard's journey from that video that he made that blew up in numbers. Uh, how people, like, left his side after the G4 thing. Uh, he talked about Frosk and that that whole uh, deba- debate of, like, was it the right time in the right place? But when is the right time in the right place to make that kind of rant? Um, where Gerard's going now, uh, I thought it was a very well-meaning episode. I thought it was very, very sweet to listen to because they're all friends, and it's just it. The great thing is that Gerard had so many interviews, like connecting to him. Like the, his business email blew up after the video, but he only chose two places to do an interview: uh, NPR and the Nintendo Podcast. Those are the only two that he accepted. So. <clears throat> It was a, it was a great one. I I I love the whole podcast in the, in of itself, but I thought that episode that just came out, uh, with Gerard from the Completionist, really well said. Uh, so while you're playing Resident Evil, and you don't care about the dialogue, just <laughs> pop that Nintendo podcast in. Um, uh, it's 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 a good one. I I think it's nice.
0: No, it's a good recommendation. That I do check yes. that out. Uh, don't put it off the dialogue, Ari. For you, do want to watch remakes? Cut scene. Yeah, very <laughs> <Yes>. good. Um. <laughs> That yeah, there's a as I said with RE4 remake, the interpretation actually is a little bit better. I'd say that. Oh yeah, um, I can imagine. And they remove some of the. C I, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a pure believer of like even if some things are dated, I think that they still work, even if society has changed. But I think the, you tried to look up the
1: ladder, didn't you?
0: No, I did not. <laughs> well, you <laughs> know, like even, even the fact like even when that was a thing in the original RE4, like that was like when they were the way she reacts. It's kind of like. That incentivizes and like, that's really matter for me in terms, of like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, is reflective, like, you know, that why are you are looking up there anyway? It's kind of like, yeah. You know, come on. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like the way that they kind of, like, they, they they strip some of Leon's, like, kind of, like, the way that he speaks and, like, some of the flirting that he does in, like, the later parts oh. of RE4, and it's like, it's not as bad as it is. It's like, I'm like, come on, it's like, you know, this is why I'm always a bit worried about even, like, remakes of, like, MGS, for example. I'm like, you need some of those kind of, like, lines. Mm-hmm. It makes... It's authentic to what it was like, you know, and, and, and it's indicative of that Japanese culture as well. Like, it's interesting you said that
1: thing about Nintendo there as well. Because it's like, are uh, Nintendo uh, anti capitalists mm. It's more of, you'll have to watch Gerard's video. It's a 20-minute video. That's another one I'll do for Spread the Arts. It's on The Completionist. And all he tries to do is he tries to buy all of the eShop games before the eShop closes on Wii U and 3DS and there's so much red tape to buy their games. It's, you, you know there's red blocks, but like roadblocks in a way, but the amount is absolutely insane, especially when he tries to buy the DLC for certain games. It's just mayhem. And this man is ready to put down 23 grand to buy <laughs> 23 grand straight to Nintendo, and there's so many roadblocks. And it's just insane. So that's another video that's really good to watch.
0: Yeah, because I will check that. like Nintendo's the way that Nintendo works is really interesting because like obviously like anyone knows their history as well. Like they they weren't like, you know, always about video games. I had love hotels, for example, in Japan. Mm-hmm. Their business was very different, but like it's, it like a long part of histories of Nintendo, especially stands from the video game crash. um the famous video mm-hmm. game crash of the eighties. Um because like if you look at any Nintendo game, they have like the gold star on it. Yes. gold circle it's a nintendo authentication thing they had that on every game since 1980s because it's it's the gold standard for nintendo it's like saying yeah. that whilst you know et bombed for atari and caused all that mayhem and you had superman 64 and everything else when you have that gold pristine label saying that this is nintendo seal of approval like it's almost mm-hmm. like saying you're buying an iphone before yes. an iphone or something it's like you know you're buying apple instead of buying um a Huawei or something like that it's kind of like saying that you, you it's differentiating itself from the products like and they're not necessarily about game preservation either like especially with like the, yeah. the, the Japanese market they kind of like that's what they kind of like do This thing where it's like here's a Pokemon game and here's another Pokemon game years later and here's it will kind of keep moving on to uh game shops and even like same with Sony as well Sony's again Japanese publisher and they were like yeah we're gonna shut down the PS3 store and it's like oh wait we're not gonna shut it down yet because people got outraged like we will shut it down at some point yeah. but it's like you know Game game preservation is a hard thing to do, but I think, like, it's going to, there's nothing that's sacred on the internet, especially with, like, how the way internet works. Like, for example, like, if Facebook won't exist one day, even though that, that, then there would be an argument to preserve Facebook. And they've done it with, like, Twitter, for example, when Obama was in office. You can see the archives of his tweets. Mm-hmm. Are you try trying to archive it because it's part of history that you know what well, there's the a, tweeting there's
1: another nintendo episode where they talk about the morality of emulation in terms yeah. of games that nintendo doesn't sell anymore and it's like is it moral to emulate and it's like it shouldn't be moral but this is the only way we can they have the past two or three episodes of nintendo have been like really good to listen to in terms of just like huh you know like um there's some there's some filler episodes like there's there's one like there's one episode of nintendo's like which one's the sexiest pokemon and it's just like so stupid but there's other episodes um like where they talk to kit and krista and um they were originally nintendo ambassadors like they were heads of like putting out Mm -hmm. the nintendo ambassador program and it turns out that um krista was the one that dropped bob like personally, dropped Bob from the program, and she came on the episode. Like, I'm so sorry about that. Uh, Nintendo made me do it, and the way that so there's some good ones and also some stupid ones. So, mm-hmm. um, I just recommend the entire podcast in, in general. Yeah. I, I really like it. Um, it's
0: a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's yeah, it's a good recommendation. As I said, and the morality as well. Yeah, it's it's like, what do I not pirate? What do I do pirate? Do I support yeah. this? Do I not support that? It's very yeah. Uh, We could be here for a while. So on that note, I think we'll uh, we'll finish it here because I think uh, otherwise, as I said, we'll be here for a long time. But
1: yes, (laughs) I do
0: hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, If you did, as I said before, please do drop us a subscribe, turn on notifications, like, and share with your friends. Helps you keep up to date with our content. Helps you support our content as well. And also StrangeCast is available on podcast services. You can check the video version out on Spotify. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts. And you can also check it out on YouTube as well. If you're listening via those podcast services, we have a video version on YouTube as well. Um, mm. One more reminder as well that we do have the interview with Trey Hutch on the channel from Life Up Strange. Hopefully, you know, in, in due course, when my, my, my mood and stuff picks up, we will try and up the content and stuff like this on the channel. Mm. You know, we'll, we'll, as I said, fingers crossed. But well, in the meantime, as I said... Hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think about episode two um, of Life is Strange 1. Uh, do you agree with us? Do you not agree with us? Do you think we're daft? Let us no. know in the comments. It's down to you. Be nice, please. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We will see you soon for next episode. Until then, guys, take care. Later.